Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the iOS Lead Essentials podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Caio. And today we will be talking about being a remote iOS developer. And we are recording this podcast in April 2020. At this time, we are going through the COVID-19 crisis. So a lot of iOS developers are working from home because of the mandatory lockdown that is going on in many countries. And during a time like this, it's very important to stay healthy, emotionally and physically. And although working from home can be good, it is very challenging. So we want to share with you what worked for us because we've been working from home for many years now. Four years. So in this podcast, we're going to be replying to questions we received regarding working from home. And we're also going to share some great book recommendations that can help you go through this time. So first question. I'm an iOS developer working remotely for the first time, and I don't feel productive. How can I be more productive while working from home? It's challenging because there's a lot of distractions. You have too much freedom, more freedom than you have in an office, and that's a huge power, and you need to know how to use it. Too much freedom can be a problem if you don't know how to use it. So what worked for me is to have a schedule. First of all, you need to have a plan. Otherwise, if you just wake up in the morning and you have no checklist, no order of getting things done, it is likely that you're not going to do anything. Right. You have many things you want to do. You want to work out. You want to work. You want to spend time with your loved ones. But if you don't plan all those activities, you might not do any of them correctly or at all. Right. So it's the schedule that when you are keeping it, it allows you to produce and produce more, right? Much more. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah, because if you don't have a plan, you're going to waste a lot of time just wondering, what should I be doing? Exactly. And that constant wondering, what should I be doing? Maybe it's going to trigger to say, oh, maybe I'm going to watch a video on YouTube. Maybe I'm going to watch a series. And I still have time during the day to do some work. Right. And at the end of the day, you didn't do anything that you actually wanted to do. You didn't feel productive. So you need to set a schedule and follow it. And to help you follow that schedule to plan, you need to create a checklist. Checklist of things you want to do every day. Right. So you can plan your week on a Sunday, and then you have your whole week scheduled. What do you have to do? And I recommend you to separate personal checklists from work checklists and keep this checklist as small as possible. So a personal checklist could look like read a book for one hour a day and work out for an hour a day. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's your checklist. Now you just need to allocate time for these two activities. That's two hours of your personal time you can allocate in your day. Now for work, you can allocate six to eight hours and you can break it down into tasks and the rest of the time you allocate for your family your friends leisure whatever you want but you need to have your mandatory things that will help you accomplish what you want let's say educate yourself with books get fitter with workouts and productive with work but it's up to you to decide what is your goal yeah i really like this process of breaking the tasks down and your whole schedule down, your whole day down, understanding what is recurring 
what belongs in the backlog and you know you have to bring it uh, in the schedule for this day for this week whatever and of course it resembles the the way we build good software we break things down into small reproducible processes and we just stick to them so another word to describe all this is discipline of course you just need to be disciplined in terms of following a specific process and We've been saying it for so many episodes now. If you do it again and again and again, you're going to end up with a great uh, product, with a great schedule, with a pro- with a great life, whatever it is that you want, right? So it's like these small chunks that when put together are going to accumulate and they're going to form greatness. So tremendous advice, in my opinion, what you're saying about Yes, break down your day, uh, create a schedule. Just don't find yourself in a position where you don't know what to do. This is the enemy. <laughs> this is uh, this can induce procrastination and um, yeah, it can induce bad feelings, you know, and you don't want that, especially when you're locked down. Exactly. Because freedom without discipline can be your worst nightmare. So you need a schedule and you need discipline to stay focused on your schedule. You need to get used to finishing stuff you start. So if you have a checklist for your day, you need to get it done. There is no such thing as moving tasks from one day to the other. No, you have a checklist, you have a small checklist of things you have to do, and you do them every day. That's how you're going to be successful. Small, successful actions every day. Simple as that. So you need to follow it. You need the discipline to follow your schedule. And you need the discipline to stay away from distractions. Stay away from Netflix. I know it's tempting. Right. <laughs> the desire to spend time with something else will still be there. So if you create good habits of finishing your checklists every day, you will be surprised what you can achieve in a year time, in six months oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. Because we overestimate what we can do in one day. And we underestimate what we can do in a year. So if you're disciplined every day, you're going to accomplish so much more in the long run. Make a game out of it. Count, you know, like a challenge. How many days can you keep on completing all your tasks? It's a habit. It is, yes. You need to make this into a habit. Because a habit is not just good. You have bad habits. Yes. And you don't want those. You want to reinforce the good ones. And finishing your checklist is a good habit. Get the habit of finishing what you start. You start reading a book, you finish it. You start a course, you finish it. You start some work, a project, you finish it. Finish what you start. Yes. And how? Schedule and discipline. This is going to make you productive. Exactly. And if someone doesn't understand why that should happen... It's the psychological effect of actually finishing something versus not finishing something and have it happening again and again and again. So you start something, you don't finish it, and now this becomes a trend. So this can lead to, well, bad psychological experiences. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you just finish something, you do the work and you do the work again and again and again, it's... um, It's, it's a boost to your psychology and uh, to, to your character overall. You're going to be happier. Yes. And normally people ask me, okay, so if I start reading a book that I don't like, should I finish it? 
My answer is yes. You know why? Because it's going to teach you to choose better books next time. Right. <laughs> you start reading a bad book. Yeah. Well, you made a mistake choosing that book. So if you say, no, I'm going to finish it, it's going to force you next time to find a book, a better book, make your better research before wasting your time with bad books, bad courses. Right. And you never know, maybe, maybe you're going to find something there that you were not expecting and perhaps it's going to change your perspective <laughs> or I don't know. Exactly. So if you are a learner, if you are a student, you can learn from many sources, but choose good sources and get good at choosing good sources. Okay. So you create a schedule, you found your discipline to follow the schedule. What else can help you stay productive working from home as an iOS developer? What works for me, and I don't know how I would be doing this for over four years if I didn't work out four to five times a week. Seriously, without working out and like putting my energy out there, like lifting weights or running, I don't know how I would be able to do this. Working from home, staying in isolation for a long time, you know, it is hard. It is hard and I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't work out. That's my personal take on this. Maybe some people don't need it, but if you have trouble working from home, try working out every day. I would say try working out every day regardless of the situation. <laughs> if you're in a global pandemic or, or not, I wholeheartedly agree with you. This is exactly the same for me. The workouts are what keeps the rhythm in the whole schedule the benefits are just just insane like for for yourself for others as well around you so mm -hmm. i mean there's no there's no debate there it's one of those that yeah just do it and it doesn't matter if you are locked down or if you have access to a world-class gym a world-class track whatever right you, you can just do it be creative there is an abundance of information online about what kind of uh, workouts you can do. It's a great opportunity to learn more about yourself, about your body, about your system. So, I, yeah, I agree. This is like, for me, I agree. It's number one, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the foundation that everything else goes on top of it. At least that's, that's for me. That's how it works for me. Yeah. Same for me. And if you don't like the gym, you don't have to go to the gym. You can run on the street yeah you can do martial arts pole dancing whatever you want yeah. to do you can buy some weights create your own home gym all you need is a pull-up bar you need some weights and an elastic band inexpensive home gym it's all you need body weight exercises that's it you know if you're just starting out just an elastic band is all you need can get one for what? Four dollars. Yeah, it's again, as I said, the options um, are cheap and they are like there is an abundance of them. So there is no excuse there. I think like just you need to put in the, the work. Um, and again, it's one of those that it's not that easy to do, you know, but by doing it and doing it and doing it again and again and again, it's uh, you're going to feel so much better. There's going to be like increase in self actualization in your life. Mm -hmm. That's my experience. So it's important to have things you do every day for yourself, 
for your body, for your mind. Put it in your schedule and do it every day. That's my advice. So create a schedule, be disciplined to follow the schedule, avoid social media and other distractions. Oh, that's a tough one. Train your body and your mind every day and keep motivated. Make sure you find opportunities to work on projects you enjoy with people you enjoy. And that's how you're going to be productive and happy working from home or working in an office. Now, on the technical side, you need to have better processes to guarantee you can keep delivering software constantly from home. You need to go all in in automation. You need to have good tests. You need to have a trustworthy suite of tests so you and your peers can keep working in isolation and integrating constantly the work, merging the work constantly and making sure that everything is working. So you need good architecture, good tests, automation. Exactly. And all these things can prevent problems, defects, regressions, everything. Because what what's going to happen most probably when you're away from the standard uh, communication patterns you have developed, which are in the office, is like communication is going to start suffering. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start breaking. And what happens if communication uh, is breaking within the team? Bad things happen. So how can you prevent that? Well, you have processes in place that show you exactly what's wrong. That's extremely important to understand what the problem is in the first place, right? And they show you the what is wrong, you know, and like actually visually show you what is wrong. Communication is the most important thing in an office, out of the office. Keeping expectations aligned, communication always open. That's how you can control the anxiety within the team, with your peers, with your clients, with your customers. Always be clear and open. Next question. As an iOS developer working remotely, do you feel like there is any relation between close and work productivity? Okay. Do you think the way you dress impact your perception of work? No, not for me, at least. Yeah. (laughs) I know people that feel like if they dress like they were going to an office, they feel more productive. And if that works for you, give it a try. I don't Mm -hmm. know. For me, I tried it out. I don't know. I felt silly being home, being able to be more comfortable and still wearing, I don't know, a suit at home. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Didn't feel right. But if it works for you, why not? Exactly. It doesn't matter what works for us, what works for everyone <laughs> else. Like if it works for you and... Give it a go. Yeah. If you're being productive, if you are completing you know, your tasks, if you're being consistent, then... If you feel good. If you feel good, the exactly. The way you dress. Yes. Yes. Just, yeah, like go for it. So the way I dress is normally to fit my schedule. Since I want to work out every day at lunchtime, I normally work wearing my workout clothes because then I'm just ready when it's time to work out. I don't have the resistance. I don't have to fight with myself to work out because I'm already dressed for it. Right. I better just go and do it. You know, so I try to dress in a way that helps me get my work done, get my routine done. Right. So I'm normally wearing 
my gym clothes, but that's what works for me. It helps me stay into my schedule and finish all the tasks I have for the day. But if I have a meeting or if I'm recording a podcast like today, I'm probably going to dress differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever works for you and whatever is comfortable as well, you know, because what's the point if, if you're not comfortable in your own room, your own house, you know, where you know you're going to be spending all your day, then I think that can become a problem. And I've heard the argument sometimes where people say, yeah, but you don't want to be that comfortable. And well, yeah, my opinion on that is like, be comfortable there. And if you don't want to be comfortable, just work out, you know, <laughs> learn yes. to not be comfortable, you know, by doing, I don't know, like push-ups or squats or burpees or this kind of thing, you know, embrace the uncomfortable there. Because the problem is if you work on your pajamas and your office is in your room and you are already wearing the outfit to go to bed and your bed is right there, right. you're going to be more likely to just go and lay down and sleep. Yeah. So if that's the case, yes, don't wear your pajamas to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Dress differently. Dress in a way that's going to help you get your schedule done for the day. Next question. What is the best place or way for iOS developers to find a remote job? Okay. Well, there are many platforms you can sign up for finding remote jobs. There's a big problem with them. And that's the reason why I don't subscribe to those platforms. The problem is remote jobs, remote roles are very, very, very scarce. And there's a lot of people that want them and everyone joins those platforms. So there's a huge, huge pressure to charge less to get more opportunities. Right. So this drives every iOS developer to drive their prices down and it's a race to the bottom. And you don't want to win this race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when everyone is competing on price on a platform, there is pressuring everyone to put their prices down. That's what's going to happen. The prices are going to go down. You're going to get gigs you don't like. You're going to be running after the jobs. When you can invert that dependency and make the jobs run after you directly. Right. So you don't need to compete with other developers. You want the companies coming to you. And how do you do it? Well, it's much easier if you're a specialist in a niche, in a very specific niche. You want to be the go-to person for that niche. Yeah. It could be banking. It could be animations. It could be cryptocurrencies. Whatever it is, find a niche, deliver amazing work, and promote yourself. So you become the go-to person. The companies come to you instead of you running after them in a race to the bottom. Right. But in the beginning, you might need to go into one of those platforms to get it. Yes. But you shouldn't stay there for long. Get some gigs just to get some projects in your portfolio and keep improving your skills, delivering great work and promoting yourself. Become the go-to person for a niche, for a specific area. There are infinite types of niche. You can create a niche. Exactly, invent it. 
So that's the best way you can get remote jobs. Now, how I got my first remote job, I just negotiated with my boss around 2010 because I had a terrible commute. It would take me over two hours to get to work and another two hours to go back right. to my place. That was four hours a day on a bus, then a train, and then the metro. And it was not a nice, nice, nice <laughs> journey sitting. No, it was standing and fighting to stay inside the bus, inside the train. Right. You know, so I got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. And I just told my boss, I'm going to have to find another job if I cannot work from home because I cannot do this anymore. You know, I really liked the job. They liked my work. We negotiated and I started working from home. Initially, just a couple of days until I went there full time. That's how I got my first remote job in 2010, 10 years ago. So that's an easy way to do it. I'm not saying it's the best way. It's an easy way to start working from home. Negotiate with your boss. With time, become a go-to specialist in a niche. So you don't have to run after jobs anymore. That's the, the key words here are with time. Because people might say, no, I want it today. I want to start a remote career today. That's like, you know, uh, yeah, you, you need to understand what is at stake. And the question is, can you give it? Can you provide what they need consistently, remotely? I don't know. It's, it, it, takes, it takes some time to convince the market. There are opportunities right there mm -hmm. where they're not advertising it as a remote job. But you can negotiate with them to work remotely. Right. If they really want to hire you, they're not going to want to lose the talent. Exactly. Just because they want you in the office. You can always negotiate. Maybe you don't work every day from home, but you work once, twice a week. Or you work in the morning from home and you go to the office in the afternoon. You know, at least you skip the rush hour right. in the tube. Yeah. You know, the bus the traffic so it's already a big win so you can always negotiate those things it's not because a job opportunity doesn't advertise it as remote it cannot be transformed into right. a remote opportunity if the company trusts you trusts that you can deliver the work they're more than happy to do it yeah the problem is how you build that trust how you build that trust if you are the go-to specialist in a niche then they already trust that you can deliver. Now it's just a matter of negotiating. Otherwise, companies are not likely to accept the risk on them. You can yes. take the risk and say, hey, I'm going to work from home. I'm going to charge you less in the first couple of weeks just so you see that I am for real and I can be productive from home and I can deliver what you want. And let's talk after two weeks if this is working for you and for me. And then we can go on and sign a contract together. Everything is negotiable. Everything. Yeah, that's... Like, so options, you are describing options, but you need to take the step forward and ask them. You need to create these options sometimes on your own beforehand and then just, you know, express what, what you want. Yes. And it's hard because there's a lot of conflict. Yes. Right. Like it's the same as going to ask for a raise. Yes. You know, like it's hard. It gets to you. Yes. You go there and you shake and you don't know. Oh my God, like <laughs> I'm going to have... What if they say no? What if they think I'm just being greedy? You know? Yeah. 
No. Calm down. Prepare. Study the market. Study and say, hey, I can be more productive working from home. We can try it out. You know, I'm going to take the risk on me because I'm sure that I can do this. You can always negotiate it. You can find a way. If that's what you really want, that's how you can do it. You either convince your current boss or you find another opportunity. Next question. I'm an iOS developer looking for better job opportunities abroad, but I love where I live and I don't want to relocate. How can I work remotely for companies abroad? How would they hire me and pay me in my own currency? Yes, you can get a job, a remote job, as a full-time employee for a company that is abroad. Right. That can work. But it's unlikely that we're going to happen because the employment laws are not ready for remote work yet. Right. So cross-country employment laws are so complicated, it can make it so hard or impossible or super expensive for a business to hire you. You're going to have to pay extra taxes for both countries. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It can happen depending on the country where you live in and the company is on, but it's unlikely. So you need to be ready. Okay, if I want to work remotely for companies abroad, how can I do it efficiently? You can open a business. That's, yeah. That's it. You open a business. No, you don't need to have an office. No, you open a business. You hire an accountant and you find the most efficient way to open a business for your use case in the country you live in. You can start with a small business and start charging for services abroad. Yeah. So you can get a contract to work in for a company in another country and you can negotiate if they're going to pay you in your own currency or you can open even a multi-currency bank account where you can receive, I don't know, dollars, euros, yens, real, any currency you want. It depends if you can and want to. You can choose the currency. You're going to get paid. You can negotiate that. Whatever makes sense to you. If you open a business, you can invoice businesses abroad. You just need to understand the law in your country. So hire a specialist, hire an accountant, maybe a lawyer if you need to, and negotiate. So I find it hard, in my experience, to find a company that's going to hire you as a full-time employee. It's much, much easier if you open a business. Yes. And having a business has also advantages. Just talk to your accountant and you find out that maybe that's a good deal for you. So start a business if you want to work for companies remotely. But talk to your accountant first. You can buy a one-hour consultancy that can save you from a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble. Yeah, and assumptions. Wrongful most of the time. <laughs> exactly. It's all a matter of understanding the law and negotiating with your clients. Whatever makes sense for you and the client, that's it. Next question. How do you pair program with other iOS developers remotely? So we live in different countries. I'm living now in the UK, you're living in Greece. Yes. And we are pairing all the time. We don't use any special software. We just share our screen on Skype. (laughs) That's it. Skype is a special software. (laughs) (laughs) And we share code with Git. Yeah. Nothing fancy. There's always someone driving, the one that is sharing the screen. And when we want to share the code, we just push it to a shared repository and that's it. No problem. We tried out some tools that could share the screen and we cannot actually 
type at the same time, but yeah. it just doesn't work well. It just doesn't work for us. But... It's not for us, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it works for you. Yeah, <laughs> no problem at all. But that's it. We pair program, just sharing screen, following the rules. We have a driver, navigator, and we share code with Git. Yeah. That's it. Next question. I'm a junior iOS developer starting out. Is it possible to get a remote job? Yes, it is possible. Is it possible? <laughs> sure. <laughs> is it likely? Well, it could be. You know, the opportunities to work remote are growing a lot. Yeah. Especially with the current crisis now, people are going to realize that actually we can do remote work and actually it makes sense. Yes. We can still get work done. People can still be productive and we can reduce the cost. You, as an employee, can reduce your cost because you don't need to commute. You don't need to live in an expensive city. And the company also don't need to pay offices, don't need to pay insurance, all those problems that come with real estate, with office supplies. You know, right. So it can be beneficial for some businesses and for some employees. So this is gonna start growing more and more. Yeah. As it already was before the crisis. And I think this is gonna boost even more remote opportunities. It's all about creating trust between you and the business. If they trust that you can deliver it, if they trust that you are a good fit for what they need. Yes, it is possible. Right. That's the difference here regarding pre-lockdown era and after lockdown era, where, you know, the junior developer that entered the workforce, as you said, like, where is the trust? Can the business trust the junior developer? Because the, the, the job of the junior is to develop the trust through training through watching the seniors, through participating in like the whole development process over time so they can develop the skills and ultimately the trust with the business. What might happen right now is actually we, we're going to see a shift in these processes because you basically can have someone next to you. It's going to be harder to watch someone code or ask them a bunch of questions all the time, right? So the training might be different. Um, the the whole process might be different. The, the tools you use might be different. I don't know, but it's going to be a very interesting area, at least in my mind, to yeah, just just see how juniors are going to play out in the industry now that you know every everything basically works remotely. Because the problem is, we have contact with a lot of junior developers, yes. and they say, "Hey, I'm working in this job for a year, two years, and I don't learn anything. The seniors don't talk to me. They don't teach me how to improve. They don't share the knowledge with us. It's very hard for us to to improve our skills in this environment. So right. having an office." does not guarantee that the seniors are teaching, are passing the knowledge forward to the juniors. Yeah. And at the same time, you see junior developers working remotely and learning a lot from other seniors that work remotely. So it's not a matter of if you're not in an office, you cannot learn. No, it's a matter of how can you learn remotely? Just like you need to say, how can I learn in an office? Because even in an office, junior developers have trouble learning, improving. You know, it's a real problem. It's exactly. one of the biggest problems in the industries right now. So we just need to figure out how to make this work remotely. And it is possible. It is possible. But since most companies are not ready for it, they're not ready in the office and they're not ready remotely, you need to take the lead 
and find a way to make it work. If yes. you want to work remotely, it's on you to go there and lead this and make this happen. You know, you're going to have to study on your own time. You're going to have to find ways. And you're going to be building such good skills from this experience that when you become a senior, you'll be ready to teach others. Yeah. And that's exactly what companies need. They need senior developers that not just deliver software that they need, but also can teach the team so they can scale the productivity. Because if you are the only one good in the team, you become the bottleneck. You want to make everyone around you the best they can. So you increase the productivity. You scale the capacity of the team. That's part of the return um, of investment that the business is doing, you know, uh, basically through the senior and lead developers that, yeah, like they're going to be able to develop the product through the team perpetually. And how are they going to do that? You know, like at some point, the lead developers, senior developers are going to leave. Well, the juniors should progress and become the seniors and the leads. This is a healthy, of course, pipeline. Sure, I understand that not, not every company operates like like that, but yeah. Yeah, but the companies that operate like that, they are good companies to be in. You know, the companies that are always investing in their people, they are always yes. giving training, they are always giving space for the seniors to help the juniors, they are creating incentives for them yes. to do that. And those are companies you wanted to be in. And if you are a junior developer and you find a remote company, you should expect this company to put even more incentives for the seniors to do it. So it can be a great experience. It's going to be hard to find, but it is possible. And you're going to have to build that trust. So take the lead as a junior developer. Yes, as a junior developer, take the lead into this front, you know, to make remote possible within your company. Next question. As an iOS developer, what are some great benefits of remote work? or working remotely. Well, I think the most important one is that you're not bound to a city, a geographic location. You know, you don't need to commute. It's a, it's a very big thing to... Yeah. You don't need to live in a very expensive city, overcrowded cities, and paying super expensive rent or mortgages just because you get better job opportunities there. Yeah. If you can work remotely, you can live anywhere, even abroad, in a place where you have a better lifestyle, you have less expenses, and you still make a good salary, maybe in a different currency that is stronger than where you live. Yes. You know, you have many benefits just for not being tied to a specific location. You have more flexibility, more options. Exactly. It's a, you have freedom, you know, it's a tremendous dependency not to have uh, being tied to a place. So yeah, it's, it's freedom. So if you're free to live in different places, you can reduce your expenses, keeping your income high. So you can save more. You can retire early, for example, you don't have to commute for hours, 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 every day, every week. Like I had this problem in the beginning of my career. I would commute two hours to go, two hours to come back every day. And that's the experience that many people have. You know, it's not great. 
it's expensive and especially the time it's not even about money right it's four hours of my day that is gone yeah i could barely do anything in a crowded transport yeah so you also break free from the nine to five trap you know that takes most of your productive hours of the day you're free to for example work out in the morning or work out at lunchtime and then go to work whatever works for you you have more freedom to enjoy your time to enjoy your life and of course you can be more productive because you don't have office distractions like unwanted meetings right. <laughs> unreasonable meetings and people coming to you all the time and asking you to do other things and breaking your flow you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean to be fair this is you know our, our own opinion and what we value most you know some other people might value like having other people around them for example you know i've seen some cases of developers start as remote and they're all happy that they are alone and you know no one can interrupt them and all that stuff focus. But, yeah and and then a couple of days later they realize they're alone <laughs> you know no one is interrupting them <laughs> no one is taking their focus away of something, you know? So it, it can work um, differently, you know, depending on who you are and your personality and your background, all that stuff. Yeah, so that links with the next question. What are the downsides of remote working right. <laughs> for iOS developers? And that's the first one, isolation, you know? Yeah. Feeling alone. That's real, that's gonna happen. Doesn't matter your personality, you will feel alone yes if you are alone all the time yes you know it can be worse for some people but it will happen yes exactly and you need to proactively solve it as we said before choose an activity a social activity outside this work from home thing like martial arts i don't know art class improv whatever go and do activities with people with your friends with your family and with new people as well Absolutely, absolutely. It's just essential, you know, like yes. you, you, you need to have that. It is a downside, but only if you don't deal with it. Yes. You know, because you can focus on your work and your work hour is just you, your work. But you also need to have a life outside work. And that's it. Be careful with isolation and spending time alone. Also... We talked about distractions in the office, but you have distractions at home. Right. A lot of distractions. You have pets, you have kids, and you have your bed right there asking you to, to lay down. You have Netflix, YouTube, social media, and the ultimate freedom to do it without anyone knowing about it right <laughs> think about that <laughs> exactly so phone calls constant push notifications on your phone just turn everything off when you're working put your phone on flight mode turn it off if needed yeah no I, I i agree and if it's a difficult week you need a lot of focus and the kids are home because they are on holidays and you have this extra 
load of distractions, find a co-working space and for a while work outside your house. I don't know, you can even go to a coffee shop to work, which also helps having social activity with others. Just working in a coffee shop, even if you're not talking to anyone, just by seeing people around you, it can right. help a lot. So that's something else you can do to do with distractions and isolation at the same time. Other downsides of working remotely as an iOS developer is that it can be hard to find good remote jobs, remote gigs. You know, as we said, there is a lot of people looking for it and the opportunities are scarce. So the prices go down naturally and you won't get good opportunities or good projects. So the solution is to become a specialist in a specific niche and promote your work. Be the best at a specific niche. Be the go-to person. Promote your work. Deliver amazing work. So keep improving your skills constantly. And companies will come to you rather than you going after companies. That's it. <laughs> companies are in desperate need of technical excellence and they will be in desperate need of technical excellence. So just make the investment and build technical excellence and then you're going to have the options to do all these things that we're talking about here you're not, you're not going to have to have a sudden you know price drop in your contract or like another excuse that it's it, it might be like it's a it's a common excuse is for remote works is like okay let's say the company is in london and they are paying 75 80 100k a year for a position and you live i don't know greece for example where the cost of living is much uh, lower, you know, and then the company might say, well, why would we pay you that much, you know, when you need half of the money to live there, for example? Well, yeah, if you have the technical excellence, if you are the authority in your niche in a proven way, then you're probably not going to deal with these things. Yeah, you don't want to be hired because you are cheap labor. You want to be hired because you are technically excellent exactly. and you are the go-to choice for the company exactly that's it if they're just going to hire you because you live in a place where the wages are cheaper maybe you're gonna still get a good salary and you're happy with it but if you want more then you need to be chosen not because you are cheaper but because you are excellent right so other downsides and this is big for me is being connected all the time with your work you know and not respecting your personal boundaries. Yes. Because in the beginning of my remote career, 2010, it was hard for me to be productive. But nowadays, it's hard for me to stop working. So I tend to overwork, work for longer than what I should. And that's not healthy. All right. It is not healthy because when your schedule is to work from home, wake up and work from home, if you see home as work, you are working all the time if you're always home. So I'm dealing with this problem right now and trying to work less because it is affecting my personal life. You know, it's not great. So be aware that if you're concerned, you might be not very productive. The opposite might happen. You might work more than you should, and that's not healthy. So beware that you might work too much. And you're not going to enjoy the extra freedom you should get from remote work. 
you might have less free time working from home. And that's not what you want. Yeah. So respect your time and set a good schedule that fits reasonably in your day and still give you free time to do other stuff. Another big downside is the communication issues we mentioned here in this podcast you will have with your peers and clients. Because if you're working in the same office, they can see you are there. They can see that you are sitting on a chair and that you are typing code. Right. So they feel like you are working. You know, they feel relaxed. They're managing you. They're managing the chairs. If you're sitting on your chair, you are doing work. It's the perception of work. The perception of the manager is that everyone is doing work. Everyone is here in the office. But when you are working from home, the manager don't have that vision of who's working, who's in the office or not. And a lot of anxiety builds up from that. You know, they cannot micromanage you anymore. Or they try and they don't get the replies on time. So you need to disconnect yourself from these problems. You don't need to be micromanaged. And how do you do it? You need to improve your communication. Your writing skills should be improved. You need to be very good in every communication you send. You need to be as precise as possible. And you need to deliver work constantly. Always keep your work visible. Don't work for three days without touching base with anyone in your team. (laughs) Because for these three days, they might be wondering, is this guy even doing anything? (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, imagine you hire someone to build you an app. And for a week, you don't hear back. You start wondering, what's going on? At which stage of the application is it on? Is it finishing? Is it in the middle? Has it even started? You know, this creates anxiety. Like, my money is going to their account, but am I getting what I'm paying for? You know, you need to have empathy to understand that this is going to happen. They're going to feel anxious. The the empathy needs to kick in and just ask yourself, uh, what do they expect? And meet the expectations otherwise there's going to be disruption in your work it's there's no other way around it you know there will conflict yes so how often do you deliver when you're working from home you should aim to deliver daily at least once a day here's the stage where we are this is what we've done you know have a list of things this is what we've done this is what we're going to be doing next always keep all your work public Every time you're working, keep pushing it to the repository where everyone has access to. Keep merging your work constantly to the master trunk. Keep your communication as a priority. Yeah. And you're going to control the anxiety. Everyone will be happy. And help people that are struggling to communicate. You know, touch base and say, hey, I didn't hear from you for the last two days. Are you okay? Do you need any help? I've, I've seen that your branches hasn't been updated for a while. Let's try to keep our branches always up to date. You can push every five minutes, every time you have a commit. I don't know. Just keep your work visible and create an automation that will help everyone to merge their code. You need a continuous integration pipeline to merge your code constantly in a continuous delivery pipeline automated that will deliver at least one version of your apps a day to your clients and customers. So... That's how you can control the anxiety that will happen Yeah, with your peers, your managers, your clients, your customers. Take the lead. 
don't wait problems to arrive to solve it. I mean, if you're in a position to do that, I would say like probably 90% of your problems are going away, <laughs> you know, because then you're just, you're going to have to face the unexpected and the unknowable, which it is unexpected and unknowable. Like you're going to have to adapt when they come. But most of things are not unexpected and unknowable. No, it's like just, you know, faulty communication and miscommunication between people. So just, you know, work on that. Go back to our playlist with this podcast. We have many, many, many segments talking about how you can improve communication and what kind of processes you can establish and how you can help others more senior than you, less senior than you, you know, like how you can talk to the business. I mean, yeah, like there's a lot. So yeah, mitigating that, I think it's gonna, it's gonna lead to healthier, happier lives. Upfront, don't wait the problem to arise. It will arise. Yes. So make sure you got communication, the best communication you can. And that you set up the automations to allow the team to keep merging their code constantly. And that you have a good architecture that allows people to work in isolation. And that you have a suite of tests that you trust that can help you keep delivering continuously. Architecture, testing, automation. You need technical excellence to achieve this harmony with the business. You know, so you can work from home, you can work anywhere you want and still deliver and be productive. So as promised, we have some book recommendations that will help you go through this difficult time and also become productive, healthier, fitter, smarter. So first book, Discipline Equals Freedom by Joko Willink. I also recommend The Power of Habit, The Checklist Manifesto, Remote, Office Not Required, and Getting Things Done. And if you're thinking, but they are not software developer books. Exactly. Exactly. Because most of the problems you're going to deal with working remotely is about dealing with your own discipline, dealing with other people and managing your time and being productive. So those are the books. If you put them in your checklist, read one hour a day, you can finish one book a week. And after this lockdown is over, you are smarter, you're better and you are fitter. And if you want to learn the technical skills, if you want to become technically excellent, you can visit us at academy.essentialdeveloper.com. Let us know your thoughts, your comments, your feedback. Stay safe. See you next time. Bye, y'all.